I think the most in- encouraging thing is, is when I see other people who I've spent time with, who I've invested in with, and I'm seeing them have a desire to do the same thing for other people. And I'm seeing them have conversations with others. You know, I'm seeing them light up a room and I'm seeing others just touched by them. The Access More Podcast Network has faith-based shows about culture, family, and entertainment without all the other noise so you can discover inspiring conversations easier. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey, I'm Shay. Hello, I'm Michelle. And welcome to the Pantry Podcast. It is awesome to be sitting here again. Yes, again. yes. It is always cool. We're going through our seasons of discipleship. Mm-hmm. And look, anytime you're doing anything within the Word of God, we've got to remember one thing. What? Jesus, not junk food. Amen. And so that is this whole season, the heart of the season. We've been going through all of these episodes, looking at different vantage points and areas of discipleship, answering common questions about what it's like to be in it and all that. And we thought, what better time to bring in one of our closest friends who is, you know, very humble. Definitely, we're not bringing her on as like an expert in any of this, expecting her. We're, you speak we're, for yourself. I no, think no, no. she's like super expert. Well, that's the surprise. <laughs> that's the plot twist. That she actually knows more than she lets on. But I think that that in itself is kind of a lesson to be learned during this episode as we as we look at what discipleship actually is and are you involved. So our friend, Abby, you've heard maybe episode 50. If you haven't, you can go back and listen to episode 50 where her dad and our and our pastor of our local church, Pastor Kim Shibley, he was on that episode and he did awesome. Well, now we're at like episode 150 something. And here is one of his awesome daughters, Abby. She's one of my closest friends. And you'll see as we talk why we brought her on. So welcome, Abby. It's awesome to What's have up? you. What's up? Although I, I will say this too up front, like uh, this might turn into girl talk, y'all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll, try to, I'll try to make that. You got to understand, these these two are like besties. Like, well, okay, they like roll together, talk together, eat breakfast together. I mean, we so, have a so weekly we'll see. breakfast. We'll see if I even get a, a word in edgewise. That's why I'm jumping in now. We had breakfast Do it. This Do it. Jump in now. <laughs> set, set the course. Well, what's up, Abby? Hey, guys. Yes. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> No, yes. no worries. You know, Thanks for listening to so many episodes. Yeah, you're you're a true listener. <laughs> absolutely. And and just being a part of our lives. Uh, yes. It was so funny. We were sitting in life group the other night and I just look at her. Michelle has said nothing to her. And I go, hey, you're going to be on episode deception. And she just looked at me like she, her jaw was like, what? Eyes She's big. like, no, what? I'm what not. What are you talking about? <laughs> you're messing with me again, Shay. Why are you always messing with me? But no, here you this are. This was last week, by <laughs> the way. <you> right, right. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I didn't mention that. Either. Yeah. Uh, yeah, although y'all are listening to this weeks and weeks after, but it's because we're back on track of being ahead. So she didn't have much warning, but I don't think that you need it. I think I'll start out by giving a little bit of a preface in the sense of when we had our episode um episode 149 or no episode 148 the arc that we saw and what happens when your dreams don't align with God's will when we were talking about the good friend that moved down because she lived too she felt she lived too far from her local church and she really wanted to get to know people and she came in at just the right time where I suddenly had someone I could like have in my life day to day you know that was Abby so I think that that's one of the things you know when you're thinking about when you you want someone who loves the word that can help sharpen you and you're lacking that. Uh, you don't know where to find it. You don't know when it's coming and you've been praying and praying and suddenly that person shows up um, and it's not necessarily who a lot of people might expect, right? Um, 
because maybe they're not older or they don't have like this this tenured position or anything like that. But like Abby's been in the word much longer than me. She's been a believer much longer than me. So she's she's older spiritually than me. And she swooped right in and was just a good friend. Plus, she takes on kids every Sunday. <laughs> that too, which is like its own thing. Yeah, by, the time, by the time we get done, her resume is going to be huge. What's up? I, like like with yeah. all of that, I mean, what? Just Thoughts. tell us, like, what do you think about being <laughs> sitting right there, right now, in front of your phone, like, you're on the show? Uh, all I know is I don't feel like I belong on your show, but I'm very happy to be here and talk with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I've listened to a lot of experts on your show, <laughs> and I don't consider myself an expert. But I love ministry. I love church. I love what we do um, for what that's worth. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's good because you know when I when I was sitting here thinking about this episode, I'm thinking about you know Michelle came to me and she goes, "What about Abby?" And I'm like, "Let me get back to you," because <laughs> because I really well when I, when I do this, I really want God to speak and right. speak in a way that is going to not just edify the show but edify Abby and build up Abby yes. at the same time. Yes. And Abby is one of those individuals that I know. If if you sat there and said, "You know, you're discipling people," she'd be like, "I am." <laughs> but see, when we look back at some of the episodes that we had, what Michelle was saying, you know, this in, being um, intentional, uh-huh. being invested yeah. um, into relationship, into people. Right. Man, Abby's like one of the first people that comes to my mind. Yeah. Because I've seen her do a work through our church. I've seen her be available. Like, where's Abby today? Well, she's up in uh, Baltimore. Oh, where's Abby today? Oh, she's over in Frederick. Where's Abby today? Oh, well, she's over. She's, she, and she works a full-time job as a nurse. And so he's given her this, you know, this, this availability, which he gives all of us. And I want that to come out in this conversation that this is something that we all can do because that is what God has called us to do. And it says, do not say to your neighbor, go back and come back. And tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. And every day, Abby has this love of Christ, this grace of Christ, this mercy of Christ, and this desire to share the word of God with people. Yeah. So I I guess we promise to all of our listeners that we're done sizing up Abby now. Like, you thoroughly know she's amazing. So now we're going to start asking her questions. So I do have this. So you've already said, you know, like, I don't really see myself in that role or having a lot of experience in that. But then the day-to-day practical stuff that you're doing aligns with the first stage of like investing in people and inevitably it's going to stick with some people and those people you start building Mm -hmm. an iron sharpening iron relationship with other people it might just stay cordial or it might fade off what have you but like when you look at your own experiences of having discipleship or wanting discipleship kind of where have you been in that walk because Mm -hmm. you know it will impact how you come to love other people based on like how you've been loved, what you've lacked that you want to give to others and all that. So like, what's your experience been just as a believer, as far as discipleship in your own life? So I have definitely, I have been loved. I have been loved in the church. I have been loved throughout my walk. I definitely think though, you know, as as a teenager, as a young woman, I was looking for discipleship. I was I was looking to be seen. I was looking to be heard. And I was, you know, I was looking for someone who was older than me, someone who was wise, someone who had been in the faith. You know, I was looking for that for myself. But I, I never found like a spot where I really felt like I fit in. You know, my friends, as we got older, they all went in different directions. And I definitely got into a spot, you know, 
in my early 20s where I really was seeking God and I was really wanting God and I was wanting to be surrounded by godly people, but I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to restart. I had people around me, but I didn't know how to ask people for discipleship. You know, I just started sticking around and I started to have conversations with people. And I, I think, you know, I would say it's the more I became connected with the word, you know, my relationship with Christ deepened and how I saw other people change. A lot of this started when our young adults group started, which began before I, I moved to the church. You know, I lived a, an hour away. There were young right. people in our church. There were people, you know, around my age in their 20s and their 30s, but I didn't really have a real connection with them. But I had gotten to yeah. know one of the girls and she had told me, she was like, we need, we need a, a young adults group. And I was like, yeah, we yeah. do. And she was like, great, <laughs> you should start one. And I was like, no, <laughs> I will not be doing that. But um, it actually gave me an opportunity to reach out to um, another young woman in our church who I was trying to get her and her husband to take over the group or start the group. We wanted fellowship. We wanted connection. We wanted investment. And we didn't have what we wanted, so we started it. And I think just sure. beginning that. That desire for relationship and just starting it, it really just, it started something for me. And we would just come together and we would read the Bible and we would just share things, but then we would just talk and we would listen to music and it was just so cool. And I had never been a part of something where I was like, I don't want to leave. And it was a lot, it was a lot of work. You know, I, I would drive an hour and I would pick up one girl and then I would drive another hour to, to get where I needed to go for the Bible study. And then I would do it in reverse. And so sometimes I was like, oh, this is a lot. But every time I would show up every month and I was just like, this was worth it. And I started to share things that I was going through and others began to share things that they were going through. And there was just a vulnerability and an intimacy that began. And it was beautiful. You know, we... You see people in person. You hang out more than just at that Bible study, more than just after service. And you feel like you have people that are there for you. And then you realize that you are there for other people. Because as I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm texting someone, I'm receiving a text message from someone who's like, hey, can you pray for me? And then, like, I have someone in front of me. And all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're talking to me about their walk. They're talking to me about their struggles. And then words are coming out of my mouth and I don't know where those words can't come from. And, but of course I do, because I know it's not me. It's, it's the word, it's the Holy spirit. And I'm sitting there thinking, how, how can I say these things? I'm such a mess. I, I don't have it together. And yet like very slowly, there were just moments where God would use me and I was just available, but I was, I was busy. I was, like partially committed to get started there with just a commitment to, to show up and to be available with what I could be available with. Two, three years ago, I would have going to a Bible study, showing up at, you know, I would be like, Oh, are they going to cancel on me? That would be great. You're my best friend, but if you want to <laughs> cancel, I will stay home because right. I, you know, but I became excited to see people. And you know, it's amazing when 
you know, you're speaking to someone and you're, you're trying to pour out and your things are pouring into you and I'm being uplifted. And I think that that was an amazing part of just this journey. And so then just being here, I mean, it just, it just lit up. That is what really what discipleship is. Um, people have this big name for it. People have this big idea for it. People have this like blown out idea for it. And and when we really break it down, like we've been pr- pushing out throughout the season, it's it's this it's this investment and this availability. Mm-hmm. But I want to I want to go back a little because there was something back there that that you said that you wanted to be discipled, but you didn't know how to ask. Mm-hmm. And so as you look over what you just talked about, right, and you look like through how all these stages have taken place and how all of these levels have t- have fallen into place of like a puzzle f- flowing together for that girl who, who or guy even that's out there that's like, man, I just want discipleship. And, and they might have that same thing, but I don't know how to go about it. I don't know how, how to how to how to even ask for it. What do you think, like from your experience in that? Where's a place they could start? I would say just start by seeking people. Um, just mm-hmm. seeking community. I, I just had dinner with a young woman tonight um, who I just met. And the first, one of the first things she said to me is, I'm here at church because I want community. Can we go get food together? And I think that that's such a beautiful thing. I think that we, we are all seeking discipleship. We're all seeking community. We're seeking fellowship. And sometimes we just have to go up to people and be like, hi, my name is Abigail. Right. And I think it's a hard thing to do, but I think that we are just scared. We're, we're scared of rejection, but in the church, I, I think that we're all looking for that. We are all seeking that. And we just have to go to each other and seek it out. It doesn't have to be like, will you disciple me? But hi, like, this is who I am. You know, nice to meet right. you. And you just start there. Yeah, I think one thing you just said, you know, like we fear rejection. I also thought like sometimes we fear acceptance too. Like we're in this weird place because yeah. we know true. <laughs> like we like the idea of acceptance, like, oh, we're in. But we also know that there's a cost to that. Mm-hmm. Like now you're sh- now you're expected to show up. Now they're going to see you when you're not all made up and vice versa. They're going to know some business. Sometimes you're going to be accountable to them. You're like, that's a lot, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. which is why sometimes we're like, yeah, you're my best friend. But if you cancel, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's fine. So I think I think that, you know, it's it's this push and pull where sometimes we want it, but not enough to go after it Mm -hmm. for a time. And other times we desperately want it, but we're scared that everyone would say no. But one thing that stood out to me when you were kind of walking through the timeline of how you've come to where you're at as far as these relationships is when you said, you know, I didn't have it, so I made it. I made a place. Like, and it wasn't just you, there were other girls and you kind of, by being available, by communicating and and knowing them, you found this common desire to have community, to have friends, to have discipleship, even if that wasn't the word being used. And so you built, you know, like if you build it, they will come. Well, in this case, it did. And I think that that's one of those things that if you want it, if you're the one who like, I have a, like, I have a desire for this, but I don't see anyone willingly raising their hand saying, Hey, I'm a, I'm a great discipler over here. Right. It's like, well, they probably don't know they are Mm. 
Because how often do we sell ourselves short thinking we don't know much about the word, but then like you said, you're, you're pouring into them and God's pouring into you to give you the words to say. And you're surprising yourself because God's surprising you with how much of his living word is living in you already. And so I think that that's a very valuable place to start as well is, like you said, being available to, to be around people and get to know them and and uniting and, and, and forming something. It doesn't have to be some super official like churchy gathering. It can be like. I like running. Does anyone else in church like running? Who wants to run with me? Or I like quilting or I like cooking or I like eating, you know, <laughs> and and just finding some way to make a little group that you don't know what God has in store for that little group. Like who's going to make the first move? Right. And, a dance, an right, awkward it's, dance. It's like this awkward <laughs> dance and it's like, OK, you school dance let's go there I don't know I don't know how many people have school dances I've been, I've been to a couple back in the day middle, middle school because I went to a Christian school and then they lost it but anyways <laughs> but in middle school and I remember like guys sitting over there like I'm gonna ask her I'm gonna ask her I'm gonna ask her I don't know what the girls were saying you know what I'm saying they, maybe they're saying the same thing I'm, I'm gonna ask him I want him, I want him to ask me or whatever yeah. and there's this like stalemate yeah and I think in our churches and, and then we start thinking like well, well you know, are they going to backstab me? And I mean, then a whole other, the enemy just comes in and starts to destroy because the first thing he wants is the separation. The first thing he wants is for us to think that this is some big over the top uh, <laughs> thing that we have to learn. Right. And, and so everybody's sitting there like, I don't know. What glitching, out. glitching out. Glitching <laughs> out. Right. And it's like, and it's like, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I like what you said. And I've liked what she said yeah. because it's all about, look, Yes. The, okay. Look, I might get beat up on this one by my own listeners, and it's okay. <laughs> Go out in the world, share the gospel, and disciple people. <laughs> and we always sit there. And we're like, but the Bible. I got to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm super religious. And no, make connections. Mm-hmm. God's gonna come in and work work the details, right? Yeah. And God's gonna bring in the Word of God. Uh, and I admit, maybe there's churches out there that aren't like our church, you know, and, and it's hard. It's a catty environment. Well, you know what? Maybe it's catty because everybody has a wall up. Mm-hmm. You know what? Or there, maybe it's a church where it's like you were too much in my business. <laughs> right. It does, it, I don't <laughs> so, think there's a lot of iron sharpening iron in a situation where everyone's got these big glaring cattiness or gossip judgy right. flaws. Like everyone's there and they might know each other's business, but no one's like making helping them their business. It's just, so like there's no sharpening going on. There's no accountability. There's no encouragement. There's no building up, you know, which over time creates this that, environment yeah. where when we learn to come together, I mean, look, Abby didn't want to do it. Right. Guess how many years later it's been. It takes, it takes time. Like I was I not a fan it. of twenties and thirties when it first <laughs> came out, not because I didn't like the idea, but because I was like, I already have so much on my plate. Yeah, I was a fan. The play, and he was a fan. And he you wanted to me to go. And I was like, <laughs> I don't want another thing. Right. Like I didn't have the right heart attitude either. And then funny enough, like that's where I have found go figure. So many of the close connections that I have now is in that group. I didn't want to be a part of because I thought it was one more thing on my plate. Right. So again, another avenue of like, well, I don't have time. I don't wanna, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, what am I gonna offer and whatever. So because you now have community where you now click in and fit and now you are being sharpened by the people around you and you're sharpening them, like has that changed how you see discipleship? Yes. And like your definition of it that you used to have when you were like a teenager? Yes. 
um, I think I just, I had an expectation and I'm not sure I knew what that looked like, but I definitely found like one, I did not expect to be in the positions that I've been put in. I did not expect God to use me. I've never felt qualified to be, I still don't feel qualified some days to, to, to be where I am. Um, but I have just, I've been so touched by people. And I really realized when, when you invest in other people, you, and you, you get the, you get fruit from that. And I, I have received so much just by sitting with people, getting to know them and just, I just, I have gained so much by getting to know God's people and seeing people like this, this has touched me. And I, I wouldn't call it like me getting discipleship, but it, it's me growing. Like I have grown through meeting people and I, I have been touched and I have, I've had people just speak, speak words to me, speak God's words to me. And I have seen people grow. And this, this has brought growth to me. And, and I just, I see other people and they are, they're my age, maybe they're younger than me, maybe they're older than me and they aren't, you know, what I would expect. They're not people I would have expected to be friends with. They're not people I would have expected to need or, or want me or in my, in my, in my, in my investment, but we're here. We're just here and we have a desire to know God, to love God. We want discipleship. We want fellowship and I'm available and I'm able to give. And then I see other people and they're receiving and then they are also giving. The, I think the most in- encouraging thing is, is when I see other people who I've spent time with, who I've invested in with, and I'm seeing them have a desire to do the same thing for other people. And I'm seeing them have yeah. conversations with others. You know, I'm seeing them light up a room and I'm seeing others just touched by them. So it's definitely my whole view of, of even what I wanted. Like I wanted discipleship. I wanted a mentor. I wanted there to be some big sister who was, you know, there for me, you know, just always asking about me, always, you know, pouring into me. I I wanted so much, but I think it's just more that I'm realizing that I need something different. Like my needs, what I thought I needed in the church is different. What I needed is to be right where I am. I need to be available. I need to be, you know, I need to be usable by God. And, you know, I think it even start there, starts there being like, God, like, I want you to use me. I want to be usable to you. And then when God gives you opportunities to be used, you go and you, you obey. And that, that's where I am. Like right there, here is, here is good. Here is where God is just working and moving. And do I want discipleship? Of course, we all want discipleship, but I'm realizing I have a community. I have a church community. I have fellowship. I have wise counselors. I have beautiful young women um, that are around me who I can reach out to, who reach out to me. And it's a two-way street now. You know, I have been able to be vulnerable with others and others have been able to be vulnerable with me. And 
I don't know if you call it discipleship. I don't know what you call it, but I just, this is church to me. You know, this is the body of Christ to me. And it's amazing. Right. And we still have that desire. So this is so good. Right. <laughs> there's, so, there's so many good things that I, I knew would come from this conversation. But I, I like what you said in there about now you know you were you're you were pouring in you were pouring in you were pouring in now you're starting to see the people you poured into want to start turning and pouring it, pouring into others now you know me because we sit in a group all the time in <laughs> life group and it's like i'm always saying it's nice to be here mm-hmm. but we we need to turn out mm-hmm. and we need to start investing into others and start investing into our communities and start investing into the body of Christ and the not just the body of Christ, but watch this. Now here's where, where discipleship plays a role is when we start to turn this and people start sharing the word of God. See discipleship mm-hmm. is sharing the word of God. It's like that, that is teaching. It, it's teaching this word of God. Mm-hmm. And so every time you guys are opening your mouths in your little group, right <laughs> with the word on your mouth and on your heart, mm-hmm. you're discipling, you're teaching the word of God. You're bringing out the word of God. You're unpacking the word of God. You're, you're in a, a mini apologetics in the word of God mm-hmm. because you're bringing the word of God to the light, to life. And, and it's beautiful to hear these things. And, and I, and you know, of course being leadership in the church, it's like, it's like I've, I've been on my eye on twenties and thirties. <laughs> since it started because I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This, this, this happened. is the future. Cause listen, let me tell you something. This is the highest number of people in our congregation, really. You know, right. a lot of congregations are old or maybe they're really young or, or however that works out. But our 20s and 30s in our church is a huge population. Mm-hmm. And and when I started watching this group grow, I was like, I was looking at your dad and I was looking at Zeke and I'm I'm sitting there, I'm going, this is a group we need to pray for. Mm -hmm. This is a group that we need to sit there and say, Hey, come on. We need, we need to start, start, um, you know, really investing into, into this and making sure that we're watching over and protecting this with our, with our prayers and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. just defending it, you know, in that sense from the enemy. Um, and to sit there and watch it start to cross pollinate. Mm-hmm. So we have other groups too. We have other ministries too. And now, now we start to see this cross pollination. Not only that, we start to see cross pollination and serving in the church. And so it's just a, been a beautiful thing. And that is discipleship, y'all. That that is like the the, the definition. We could take out the word discipleship, make everybody feel comfortable, <laughs> right? And, and say, okay, yeah, investment. Investment, but what it is, we is can this, call it fellowship instead of go. discipleship, but, and everyone feels good about right. it. Right, but we're walking together, is As what it fellows. is. Right? right, yes, we're walking together, and we're we're um, in, investing our time in one another, and I think that's would be one of the bigger things that the church fails at. Yeah, I I, I would say that I I love the roles like the I would say peers as far as age and life experience would go right like having this crew of women that all have different insights into the word of God and they're all passionately following him and have questions and some may have more questions and some may be offering more answers but they all have questions they all have answers they all have this passion and drive but I agree with you in the sense of like there is still a desire to have someone who has significant additional experience. And I still see that as personally, like as a, as just Mm -hmm. a very candid expression of, of my situation 
it's hard to breach that gap Mm -hmm. because we live in a, we personally, us, the three of us, we live in a very busy area where everybody's very busy and that for many reasons. And so finding a way, like I think I am the, I think I'm the oldest girl that attends 20s and 30s and I'm only 32, but then the guys range the whole gamut, right? Um, But why? I look at this like, why? Well, a lot of the old, uh, over 32 year old women in our church are moms like I am, but they might not have easy access to childcare. They might work nights. They might, that might be the only time that they have to be with their family if everybody in the house is working and going to school, et cetera, all these other things. And then when you jump to like the moms that like, you know, have high school kids and stuff, normally the schedules can be night and day. So the thirst for someone, an older woman who is clearly available, I still have that desire. Um, And as I'm talking, though, and listening to what you're saying, Abby, like I'm starting to see like being more available, reaching more out to them, because I think that organically, if there is a click, then that's when you start making time. Like, like, you know, a first date, everyone's got their own lives. But by the 50th date, you've kind of shaped your schedule around the person you're consistently dating and calling your 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 boo, right? Like you're not like your life has changed because you enjoy time with them. And so rather than looking for someone who already has a schedule, I perfectly fit in. What I'm starting to realize is if I want that person, I need to just start injecting wherever I can and seeing if it sticks organically into something where now we're making time for each other. You know, I think that that's something that's one way to breach this gap and find it because there, there is this gap. And I don't know if I'm the only one that feels that way or if everyone here wants someone with like the next level of life experience. But that's something I'm kind of coming I, I, to. I think that it comes into play because I don't have that. Right. Older man. Yeah. But I have a seasoned mm-hmm. man who right. disciples me. Right. Um, Pastor Jackson is 30 eight, maybe 40 now. I don't know. Yeah. But, but I mean, okay. I'm, I'm the honorary y'all at 20s and 30s <laughs> at 50. So I don't even count myself in the age group there. I think our oldest dude in there is 40, maybe yeah, somewhere in there, 40, 40, so. 40 something. But, uh, and, and we're, and we're like, you don't have to leave. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, you know, I think what we look at though, is we look at the, the, the seasoning, yeah. Right. Like yeah. we could sit there. Let's, let's go pantry on this. Right. Right. We, you know, the age of the beef is always cool. And it's good, right? Mm-hmm. But the seasoning really brings out flavors, even if it's just right. salt, right? Right. And so we're looking at the seasoning and we're like, okay, look, who who is in, 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 in a role somewhere where I know that if I take something to them that is going on in my life, that they're going to give me biblical word back. Right. And then, like you said, that or, organically mm-hmm. starts to, to fall into place, right? We make our schedules available. So on what this is also touching is a lot of serving. Mm-hmm. And being servants and being willing to to inject or bring people into our own lives um, as a family, Michelle and I and Kalia, we have decided that we will bring people into our space. We're willing to give that up. Mm-hmm. In other words, we're, we're like, hold on. This is far more important 
Now that doesn't mean we don't have family time. That doesn't mean that we don't right. trust me. We, my little girl running me around the whole living room this morning, this afternoon, <laughs> making me do weird exercises because she in this exercise thing. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Uh, please, someone show up, like Jose, like, like Jose, that she can that can take over and she'll make him do it. But <laughs> but start bringing people into our lives. Be make our schedule schedules available. And we're gonna keep saying that through the season too. Mm-hmm. And so on that, Abby, how do you balance that schedule? Right. Um, like, yeah, how do you do it? Well, so there's definitely <laughs> when, <laughs> man, like, when this all started, like, I can't even tell you guys. I don't even, I don't even know where to tell you, like, where to pinpoint where all of this started. I don't even know what to call this or my life. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, it just started with people, you know, wanting, having a desire to be with people, to be available. And, you know, I took a look at my schedule. Okay. Like I work these days. I'm, I'm off these days. And all of a sudden, you know, I was scheduling just dinner with people, breakfast with people. And I was just kind of wedging people in. And it almost immediately was immensely overwhelming, but it was amazing. A couple of times a week, I was with people and there I I sit in there and I was like, God is doing work. God is doing work right here. But two weeks, right. two weeks into like, you know, this just big desire of like, I just I wanna be with people, I wanna hang out with people. Let me let me just try to get a bunch of people on my calendar. I have to see all these people. And then I'm just <laughs> sitting there and I was like, I'm exhausted. I'm so exhausted. I, I don't know how to do this. Um, and then I, uh, I heard a message and the message they were, they were talking about love. Um, and they said, they were saying like, you know, how, how can I love, you know, people, how can I give this love? And they said, well, we can't, we have to, we have to give it out of our excess. And so I started praying right there. I started praying and I prayed it every day and I prayed every day, God, will you give me excess love? Because I don't have it. I don't have enough love. I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough patience or peace or, or faith. I don't have enough, <laughs> but God does. So I get up and I'm just like, God, I have to go out today and I want to go out today, but I don't have enough capacity. Will you just pour into me? Will you give me excess so that when my love, when my just all of me just runs out, God has more. And so I think it starts there with just like that mental, you know, that's not counting like actual, actual scheduling, but it starts at that at heart and that mind and that desire to do it. But sometimes we just, we can't even mentally be there. And I think that that's such an important thing that just to be present with people and have a desire to be present with them. And that just, for me, that really has just come from God. And it just, it hasn't, there's nothing that I've accomplished. It's a continual daily, like God, just pour into me so that I can pour out. And I really realized that that is something with, with ministry, with discipleship. We need God to pour into us, which means that we need space for God to pour in. And that's just getting in the word. I cannot pour into other people if I do not have God poured into me. I, I can't go day after day, texting people, calling people, hanging out with people, hanging out with people. I can't give them myself I can't give them God if I don't have God and that just means time when I first moved here it was a very odd first season my first couple of months I was 
confused. I was in a new apartment. I was in a new space. I didn't really know why I was here all of a sudden. And I just sat in my apartment and I read my Bible and I prayed and I didn't really have anything else to do. And then I jumped into a season of just pouring out and I I had so much to pour out and I ran dry, Mm -hmm. but then I had to sit down and, and I have to continually, I have to just sit in the word and I have to ask God, you know, for that. But we definitely, we have to give God space to pour into us and then we go and we can pour it out, but we have to keep going back just to that well. And so that's just, I think it just really starts there with just that, that need. No, I, I totally agree. I think that the availability allows prayers to be answered in the way that God wants to answer them as opposed to the way we think they should be answered. Mm -hmm. I think um, going back, like, you know, that episode we're talking about, we were going to move to Arkansas. Like that was a tough year Mm -hmm. for me, Um, made easier by Shay's work schedule during the first half of the lockdown because he was around and it wasn't just me and Kalia all day. Not that I have any issue with Kalia, but it's just us. And I'm like, where can I find her some friends? I don't have friends. Like I, I was at this, this area where I'm like, I'm not going out to work. I'm in the house. I don't know anyone who's willing to like, who's local, who's willing to play with my daughter, like going out Russian roulette style to the playground. Will someone be nicer? You know, I'm coming out of a very dark time praying to God and your devotion and your leap of faith led you to do this amazing thing of moving down here where you where you were much more tied to Baltimore, even though you were coming down here for church every week because it's your dad's church. And, you know, I'm I'm in this season where I didn't have friends that were local, that were here, mm-hmm. that were available. Um, I had I had friends like a few, but they weren't available. And then suddenly there you were. And then suddenly every week I have one person that I'm seeing that me and Kalia can look forward to seeing. And it's someone who loves talking about the word, but also loves doing other things. And we're, we're just doing life together. And that evolved in so many different ways. But I think that that was so powerful in my own walk. And it gave me that overflow from you, re-energized and invigorated in me a desire to try again, to make community again. And it's a ripple effect. That's why I think it was so, I was like, Abby has to be on. Yeah, she's no quote unquote expert that's written books or anything about this, but her, her quote unquote simple acts of faith that didn't feel simple in the moment, right? When you're like signing leases and, and making these big life decisions. Yet that's what changes lives. You know, you truly got me and my daughter out of a funk and other people did as well. You know, other people that now attend our church that we met at a playground, people who, you know, came to the country, you know, at the, at, you know, in the middle of all this. But I think that's something that's powerful and impactful in people's lives. And it's worth doing. This availability is worth doing. You have no idea mm-hmm. the ripple effects that it will have for others and for the community at large. I think that that was a big, we point back to that. We're like, when Abby did that, a lot of stuff changed and it wasn't just Abby, but it was like the first domino that then impacted other takes other things, right? Start a fire. So it's like when you're wanting yeah. this, when you when you don't think you're getting it and you want it, a simple act of faith in the direction of community and trying to help it start 
can can create this huge ripple effect. Yeah, spark. Like you know, I said yeah. I should probably cut it a little early there, but no, because it makes me think of a spark, and, and sparks create fires. Um, and so we've seen that in our church. We've seen sparks that are you know like sometimes you need that addition. Sometimes you need that addition. You need that that one more step. You desire something so deeply, like community. Um, but when you're you're sitting in there and you're talking about oh, the overflow, um, you know, I, I think of uh, let's see, let's see, Psalms twenty three five, right? And it's like you, God, you, you prepare a table for me, right? You anoint. That's a position of, of like like that's a level up. It's like hold on, you, this is like importance here. You anoint my head with oil, <laughs> my cup, my cup runneth over. I left something else in the presence of my enemy. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemy. And then, you know, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Like, like it's the sustenance, the, the, the source is God. And when we're moving through, through this, this, this lane of loving people, um, like Hebrews 10, 25 or 24, it starts out and says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. We, we, we know that as we move forward that this day, these, his day approaches and no matter how you look at it, it could be tomorrow. It could be next week. It could be two years, 10 years, 15 years down the road, but we're moving towards this. We're seeing things that are harder to deal with. We're needing more community. And what's been mm-hmm. beautiful about this is in the hardest season and you know, that, that probably most Americans have gone through, uh, in, in their time, or at least in this, these generations is this last two years or three years, we've seen community build, through a person who decided, and yeah, you know, pump up, whatever. It's just because I'm so proud. You know, you sit there as a, as a leader and you see someone in your church that just steps up and says, you know what, let's make this happen. And, and it's like, it's like you needed some glue. You know, you needed just a little bit of glue to come in and hold some of this together just long enough for, for relationships to form. But in order for, for people like Abby or us or anyone else that is doing this, that is really reaching out to people, you need the power of God to do this. I don't think the Apostle Paul ever walked through any of his seasons without tapping into God. I don't think, okay, Peter has some struggles, but it was always, <laughs> a, but look, look, even in his struggles, he turned back around and tapped into God. He, Jesus was always a, a portion and, 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 and that is the one who would fill the cup. That is, that is who fills your cup. And so when we move out there and, and we're going to wrap here in a few seconds, we'll give Abby something, mm-hmm. but I want people to understand that when we're moving through this atmosphere of love, it doesn't come without difficulty. It doesn't come without hurt feelings. It doesn't come without, uh, again, iron sharpening iron. We, it, come on, put that together. When you put two pieces of metal together, it makes sparks. <laughs> so, and then, but what's cool about it is those sparks are being made. And at first it's, it's kind of interesting as you're sharpening a knife. I'm, I'm sorry. Here comes an analogy. Uh, it, it came in. I'm starting to do analogies. It's crazy. But <laughs> I hang around this girl too long. <laughs> but as you're sharpening a knife, it, you know, if you were to you swipe it a couple of times and it, it almost seems like it dulls. And then it's like you keep working it and you and these sparks are flying off on the wheel and you're like, shh, 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 and you turn it over and shh, 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 and you just see these sparks flying. And man, it's like, it's, it's this battle of metal. And then all of a sudden it's just like this nice honed and sharp point. And that is what I'm seeing. And I'm just so, so proud to be a part of it. So proud, proud to be a witness to it. 
Yeah. So Abigail, I told you I started calling you that and I've been calling you Abby. I'm going to start calling you Abigail. <laughs> Abigail, what would you tell those people out there? One, one last little wrap up, you know, that really want to, to have community, that really want to grow in the word of God. How would you direct them on their first step? I mean, I would definitely say just the first thing is just giving that desire to God. You know, God, I I want this. And then I think if we want something, you know, from God, if we want something from people, looking at ourselves and seeing, well, what can I give? I want someone's time. I want someone's investment. Can I give someone my time? Can I give someone my investment? So I think just coming, coming to God with what, we want and then opening ourselves up to give i really just i think so much of our walk so much of ministries is us being able to give and i think that's a scary thing because we just think what can i give and how can i give i we just we look at ourselves and we just think i I lack but when we, we trust god of our lack we trust god of our weaknesses of our insecurities with our just the, we don't have, we're not, we don't feel qualified, right? But we, we trust God with that. And it just, it begins right there just with us and God. And then just going in the door of your community, of your church, wherever you're looking for, whatever is around you, whatever is available. And just going in and looking and searching and seeking. And maybe you're looking for discipleship. You're looking to be disciple. Go and find someone that needs to be discipled. Find someone who is you, that needs you, and, and be that for them. Start there. Go to church. There's someone who's, who's sitting alone. Go and sit with them. There's someone standing there. They're a wallflower after church. Go talk to them. Introduce yourself. Find, find out someone's name. Find someone you've seen at church every week you've never said hi to. Go and find out who they are. Mm-hmm. It starts with us doing it. We want things. And we're going to get things. God, God is going to do such work. You know, community is amazing and fellowship is amazing and it will come. Start, be, be that person that starts it. Just ask God to give you courage and just, just go. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, friend, for being here. Thank you. And it's just, it's just, I feel so fed, as is fitting for the Pantry Podcast. If you guys feel fed, show us some love in the comments. Remember, you can go to thepantrypodcast.com to see all of the verses that were dropped and the show notes that Awesome Josiah puts out. And if you feel led to help support us and help this show get out to more people, go to patreon.com slash thepantrypodcast. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. The Pantry Podcast is also honored to be featured on the Edify app, Spark Radio, Spark Media on Uplifted, and Eternity Ready Radio.